Hi, CityCast listeners. Here in Houston, we've had a couple of miserable, infuriating weeks. So today, as an antidote, CityCast contributor Olivia Flores Alvarez and I are talking about one of the most peaceful, calming places in this city. It's Twilight Epiphany, the installation by sculptor James Terrell at Rice University. It's Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. So, Olivia, I have been almost losing my will to live lately. I'm furious about politics, and it's incredibly hot outside. And, you know, that means that I can't go take the normal solace in nature that I would get just by doing something like walking my dog. So... The reason I wanted to talk to you about the James Terrell sculpture at Rice University is because it seems like it is almost like a balm to the soul, to the Houstonian soul in summertime. The one good part of the day right now is dawn, and that is the right time (laughs) to see this. So anyway, could you just start by describing what it is for people who've never seen it, what the heck I'm talking about? Sure. Uh, The James Terrell Twilight Epiphany, which is over at Rice University, and it's at the Suzanne Deal Booth Centennial Pavilion. And it was, of course, a gift of Suzanne Deal Booth in 1977. It is a sculpture, but unlike what I think most people think of sculptures. It's almost like an open-air building, right? There's this square roof that's held up by skinny poles so that it seems to be floating. And in the middle of that roof, there's a square cut out of it. So it's almost like it's a frame for the sky. Once you get inside, there are seats around the wall and you sit down and you look up and you are looking out of this hole in the middle of the ceiling and there are lights that are being reflected off of it on certain times of the day. At dawn and at dusk, you will see a light show. And this is not like a Pink Floyd type light show. No, 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 no. This is very subtle, very, <laughs> very slow and changing and kind of organic in the way that it changes. And the beyond the light show that's being projected, of course, you see the sky. And at dawn, you see the, the dawn changing the, the colors of the sky and what's coming up. It's the perfect place to visit right now. It's very, very calming. It's very, very neutral and you're right. There's a lot of stuff going on politically. We've got wars in certain places of the, of the world. We've got political wars all over on the United States front. And then you can walk into this one place and just be really free and just feel very light and not be confined in any way and be a part of a sculpture that's part of the sky. That's It's just liberating. Yeah. I sort of feel like That sky space is almost a corrective to my screen life. I spend so much of my time staring down at my phone. My posture is sort of like an al dente noodle. (laughs) And this forces me to look up. And instead of like paying attention to whatever is flickering on Twitter or whatever new internet hole I'm going down, I'm looking at the sky and how slowly it changes. And I'm just focusing on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of my favorite quotes by James Terrell is he was Uh talking about how he doesn't work in materials so much as he works in light. And he doesn't work in 
creating an object as he works in creating the space for us to look at. And he says, you know, when you take all those things away, when you take away the structural pieces of a sculpture, you take away all that, what you're left with and what he's left with, with these sky pieces that he's got is that you are looking at you looking. And so it almost forces you to be reflective and to be in the moment and to be part of the sculpture. This is certainly a time for us to be looking at ourselves and to have that kind of reflection is just really important. I will tell you the one big rule if you're going to visit Mm -hmm. Twilight Epiphany, the one big rule is no kissing. (laughs) That is a rule that is... That is a rule, yes. Part of the artwork. That is a rule. No That's a rule. No kissing. <laughs> I had a friend who had just gotten engaged like that week and they went to go see Twilight Epiphany and they were in there and it was so magical and so wonderful and they leaned over and kissed each other and the docent walked up and said, no kissing, no kissing. Uh, <laughs> so so kind of keep that in mind, you know. Do have your spirit be uplifted, but don't don't get physical with it. And I would say... Take your water. (laughs) Yes, take your water. Take your water. And, you know, they talk about if you're going to the dawn event that you should get there an hour beforehand so that you have time to settle in, you have time to park, you have time to find the place to do all that. And if you're going to the evening show, to the the sunset show, that you only need to get there 10 minutes ahead of time. And I think that part of that is because at the sunset show, you've had the day. You've already had the bustle of the day. You've had traffic. You've already had to park and do all that. And in the dawn show... You really get to sit and be quiet and kind of catch up with yourself and meditate before it even starts. Isn't it also that that's when the sky is changing most? That Yes, the most, yeah. After the sun has dropped below the horizon or is about to come up, that's when you get those really subtle plays of light. That pinky blue that we all uh-huh. uh, talk about, that it's not a real color, we know, but everybody knows what you mean when you mean that that pinky blue. If we still have some stars up in the sky that they come through, they come through the, the space and, and then leave because they move quickly at that time. And it's just really, it's an awakening in the morning. It's just really, a, a you know, the dawn does so many wonderful things. It creeps up on you and it just is this slow and gradual, but continuous, wonderful awakening and opening of the day. It's a beautiful experience. Yeah. It just feels like one of those things every Houstonian should do. And it's free. And it, yes, it's free. And you get to... How great is that? And not only that, it's at Rice. So you're surrounded by all this wonderful architecture everywhere. And and then you get into this space that's kind of as unarchitectural as it wants to be. It's, I think... Something that James Terrell wants to give to his viewers. It's a gift. This is something that that will change the way you feel. I've always thought that about art, that art should always be a little bit scary because Mm -hmm. you should be different when you come out the other end of it. And sometimes it's a better different, sometimes it's a worse different. But this is one of those where there's an anticipation to seeing it and there's a revelation of seeing it. And then afterwards, you are a little bit different for having seen it. That's the biggest compliment that I can give to an artist is to say they changed me somehow. And James Terrell and the Twilight Epiphany certainly change its viewers, at least for that day. 
Yeah. You might have to I go mean, back and back say, and back right. <laughs> to keep getting that change these days. But that's good. Yes, and, and every sunrise and sunset will be different. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I have to be careful who I take there. You know, I'm not going to take every visitor to Houston to this space because I think you have to be ready for it. Absolutely. It isn't that. It isn't that a wild idea that you might not be ready for this sculpture. You might not be ready for this experience, and it's. If you've taken lots of folks there, you've also seen the way that it's affected them, the revelation that it is to them. And that is just so wonderful to get to watch somebody do that. The people who understand we're going to sit and be quiet, that this is not a... The seats don't move and there isn't mist in the air (laughs) and all the different pieces of the place don't change. I think, you know, James Terrell also, of course, has the light inside the light tunnel over at the MFA, the Museum of Fine Arts, and it, it connects the two buildings. That connects two of the buildings below ground. Connects two of the buildings below ground. And the first time that you go through that, um, I've seen people who've never seen it, and as they approach it, they get a little startled because they're not quite sure how to maneuver it. Like, okay, can you describe what that looks sure. like to people who have never seen it? It's a dark tunnel. There uh-huh. is a pathway down the center of it. And underneath the pathway, there is light that comes out along the sides. And so it seems as if you're walking over a suspended bridge of some sort. Colored light, right? Right. Colored light that changes. And so it seems as if you're you're walking over a suspended bridge of some sort, when really you're on the floor, but it doesn't seem that way. And you're walking toward a square of the same color that appears to be floating. It's not clear that you're walking toward any real place. It feels like... You're sort of drifting toward the afterlife. It does. And it, the wonderful light that changes and the way that it goes. I mean, I know that I, when I'm at the museum, I, I will sometimes do that, that tunnel two and three times just to experience the different colors and see different things. But I'm always so um, amazed to see people who are approaching it for the first time because it's a little disorienting. And I think that's good. I think that now that I've seen it a hundred times and I don't get disoriented, that I miss that, that it's like, oh, you know, I've, I've, I've gotten jaded. <laughs> I'm not seeing this in the same new eyes. But, you know, that light tunnel is also an experience, something that you are part of, and something mm-hmm. that, that, again, forces you to be in the moment. You have to, if this is your first or second time walking through there, you're not sure of your steps. So you really do come yeah. right back to where you are and you super focus on where am I stepping? What am I doing? And isn't that a gift? to just be completely 100% in the moment. I kind of think that is the vibe of most James Terrell sculptures, at least the ones that I've seen. And I think it's really interesting that these, the Rice Sky Space is not the only one of its kind. There are something like a hundred others. There's even another one here in Houston at the Friends Meeting Hall on Live Oak. He's also working on this really different scale out at the Rodin Crater. Could you talk a little bit about that one? Since 1972, he's been working on this uh, cinder core that's in Arizona in the desert. So wait, he's got an entire crater? Mm -hmm. How big is that? (laughs) Crater big. It used to be a volcano. So yeah, it's pretty big. Uh And it's an unprecedented large scale work for him. And again, that piece is also going to be about observation, contemplation, light, time, space, things that are moving around us 
rather than us moving, but it seems you certainly are in a different place once you, you've spent some time there. It's enormous, right? I've read that it's two miles wide and something like six stories tall, and he's been working on it for 40-some years. He's been building all these enormous artworks and tunnels, and hardly anybody has seen them. I think the thread that ties so much of his work together is light and the way it changes. Each time you look, the thing looks different. Each one is going to be different, right? And each one is also going to be yeah. different depending on where you're standing. I think that's one of the things uh -huh. about Twilight Epiphany is that if you stand on the east wall, you see a, a certain sky. If you stand on the west wall, you see another sky. And mm -hmm. that's, that's part of that experience that really drills home for me where you are makes a difference in what you, how you see things. Why do you think there is so much James Terrell work in Houston? He's got stuff all over the world. And yeah. uh, we've got quite a bit of his stuff. And I think I'm going to say it's because of the oil booms and wonderful oil companies that have, you know, every once in a while they get into a cycle where, oh, we got to spend some money. <laughs> So it's Houston's economic vibrancy. It's the money that it takes to make these works that brings them to Houston. And I also think there's like among curators here, there's sort of a Manil collection aesthetic that, you know, goes back to Dominique and John de Manil, who really shaped that appreciation for quiet, minimal art. Right. And I think, you know, just the, the sort of the mentality with PhotoFest and the people that were behind that. And mm -hmm. the whole idea of ongoing art, art that, that, you know, is worth looking at over time and art that's worth discovering and art that's worth being part of so that it's not just old masters that are appreciated in Houston. I love this about thinking about Twilight Epiphany, that obviously it took someone with a lot of money mm -hmm. to support it. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, one of the goals is to make you sit there and not think about money and getting ahead <laughs> in the rat race and all the things you've got to do. Right, right. And Twilight Epiphany, again, was a gift of yeah. Suzanne Deal Booth and uh -huh. um, to Rice. I think it was very purposefully put at Rice. This is a place where mm -hmm. people are thinking. People are thinking about not just the next new thing, but about the next century of new things. People are also looking back and, you know, looking at classics and and doing all sorts of of here, now, there, and everywhere thinking. It's a place, I think, that's absolutely perfect for this. This is where we should reflect and where we should explore and where we should do all those things in the same exact space. So I think it's, it's a perfect piece for Houston. That reminder, we are right here, right now. We are right here. We are right here, right now. I love that. All right. Thanks so much, Olivia. Thank you. That was Olivia Flores Alvarez. Next up, I am here with lead producer Dina Kasba. Dina, what's in the news in Houston today? Hey, Lisa. Okay, we might finally be catching a break in this dry spell, y'all. There's a chance of rain every day this week in different parts of Houston. Space City weather meteorologist Eric Berger had explained that the rain and some cooler temperatures are expected as a result of the low-pressure weather that's coming in from the Gulf of Mexico. And in some real estate news, Lloyd Benston's nearly 10,000-acre ranch just hit the market. 
Now, it's no secret I've been searching for a home to buy, and let me tell y'all, I'd probably throw my hat in the ring if I had 29.7 million lying around. <laughs> Lloyd's Arrowhead Ranch is located in Edinburgh, Texas. His property has got like several barns, a private jet landing strip, six water wells, and the list goes on. <laughs> so if you've got that kind of money, now's the time to get in on that. That is it for our show today. If you don't already subscribe to our newsletter, you are missing out. On Wednesdays, Brooke Lewis, who co-writes the newsletter with me, does Books with Brooke with loads of literary events and happenings around town. If you want to sign up, do it. It's free. It's at houston.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk with you then. my place. <laughs> okay.